Welcome to Just a Parishioner. This is episode six. I'm Lorenzo Zaragoza. I'm Sean Greeley. Once again, thank you for downloading today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe. These episodes are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, today, we have Brendan Rourke on with us again. If you haven't had a chance to, go back to episode five and listen to Brendan's parishioner profile. Brendan, for th- thanks for coming on again. Thanks, guys, so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I mean, you're if, if you haven't listened... <laughs> Highly encouraged. It was a great parishional profile, uh, a great story of trust in Jesus, which happens to be the topic for us today. Yeah. Uh, Before we get into it, and and go back and listen to Brendan's episode so you can understand this reference at least, but Brendan, did you know that I'm getting married at St. Bridget's in Westbury? Yes, I did, Sean. Dude, all I can say is I hope that me and my fiance have some kind of miraculous happening at our wedding, just like you had when you were a toddler. Yes. Again, you don't know what they're talking about. That's because you didn't listen to episode five. So pause this, go back, listen to that. Again, amazing parishioner profile. Uh, Before we jump into the topic today, which is trust in Jesus. um, Again, next week, if you're listening uh, when we release this, next week on March 18th, it's going to be the live episode of Just a Parishioner Mixed with Beach Catholic and God in Country. Um, Again, we're going to be talking about will people ever come back to the church very relevant topic for today. I think that topic got sped up because of COVID, but I think it's where we were heading to begin with. So again, that's going to be a live episode on March 18th down here at St. Mary of the Isle Parish. Uh, What's the cost, Sean? Free 99, in in your words. Free 99. That's right. No cost to come in, but definitely come in, check it out, listen to the live recording, uh, as well as um, we're going to have a Q&A section at the end. Uh, Me, Sean, Father Brian Barr, Mike Griffin, and again, the guys of God and Country, uh, Joe and Jordan. Definitely check it out March 18th down here at St. Mary of the Isle. But again, Sean, we're talking about trust in Jesus. Very relevant to the personal profile that people were listening to last week. Um, so it sounds cliche, but like that's it. Everything leads back to trust in God, trust in Jesus. Um, at the end of the day, you know, we're all going to be going through the ups and downs. If you listen to Jerry's story, um, in episode three, she talks about these peaks and valleys. Um, but nothing is more important than trust. Uh, I don't think. Yeah. It's, I mean, so when you say like Brendan was talking about one of the prayers that he goes to all the time is just the very simple Jesus, I trust in you. And if you are familiar with, you know, Catholicism, you may have seen an image of Jesus kind of with his hand up and with these beams of light coming out of him, you know, one blue, one pink. And, you know, when I was in college, before I really understood what that was, I was like, oh, we got laser beam Jesus up in here. Uh, uh, There was one of them hanging in the campus ministry office. And I always said that because I'm an idiot. But um, that is the image of divine mercy. And that is often paired with that prayer, Jesus, I trust in you. And really that whole idea of divine mercy, which is God is always just pouring this constant flow of mercy, forgiveness, and salvation out to you. And we, you know, we kind of talked about this in past episodes, but we as humans and created beings by God and, and totally loved sons and daughters of God just have to open our hearts to that and accept that mercy and allow that grace to overflow our existence. I think that's kind of this whole idea of trust, right? Like I trust that God's plan for me, like Brendan was saying, is so abundant and abounding that 
I can surrender everything to him. And that's it. Yeah. I, I mean, Britain, so let's say that somebody's listening to this for the first time. They're saying trust in Jesus. Well, that's easy to say when things are working out in your favor, right? Like the losing team doesn't trust. <laughs> the winning team trusts that the refs were doing the right thing. But the losing right. team never does. Right. So I guess the question I would pose to you, um, because, again, if you're listening back to your personal profile, um, we're going two extremes. One, uh, you, you know, you started a test early and they could have caught you. And, and But, you know, the, the trust there, that, that genuine trust in Jesus, everything ended up working okay to the extreme when you were younger and it, you were extremely sick. Nobody knew what was going on. Your parents almost lost trust or lost faith, but they did keep the faith. They ended up ended up in the church. You, like, because if you listen back to your profile, what I love is you, uh, when you were, you know, younger and you were sick, you, you kept saying that they would, were very close to losing hope, but where did they end up at the end? At the church. So they didn't lose it completely. They ended up trusting in Jesus and you were okay, you know, and here you are today. But again, those turned out well, right? Those turned out well. So for somebody on the losing team, I, I mean, this is a topic that we could expand on right now, but like, what do we say to the losing team? Like, yeah, it's easy to trust in Jesus when things are going well. So it's tough because, you know, a part of the reason I don't always share that story is because people have kind of been on the losing team pretty common in the world, right? Where's my miracle? That's the question. Exactly. I ask. Where's my miracle? Where's my miracle? And yeah. it's easy even today, like, you know, when you have a bad day at work or something, like, why? Why is this happening, right? Like, you know, something even small like that to as big as God forbid, you know, my parents were, you know, God was, their plan was to keep their child and everything was okay. But what about the parents that maybe lost a child? Like, right? Like where those people, what happens in that situation, right? Um, you know, I always say, and I always felt that, um, you know, there's a kind of a correlation in my opinion between with God's plan for each of us and also the building of character. Um, I think that a lot of times um, when we go through life and there may be some suffering that happens, it's all part of that overarching end of the road plan for us. And I think that with that mindset, kind of always remembering that that's the case, it allows you to kind of put things in perspective because I think that with just everything going okay, um, where's the character that's built? Where's the truly understanding of God's capability? That's a you know tough what I mean? That is a tough mindset to have. You know, it might be an easier mindset to have when you stub your toe, but that's a tough mindset to have when you go through something drastic like I, I can't think of anything worse than losing a child, right? Yeah. So you go through something drastic like that and taking a step back and looking at the big picture, easier said, like far easier said than done. So, so I'll say like, I mean, last episode, again, when Brendan went into his whole story, I kind of confessed my undying love for Brendan in a way. But <laughs> actually, I just told him that I can't like imagine not having him as a friend at this point and i'm so glad you couldn't he... imagine life without him I, I couldn't imagine life without. i don't know him. if that was it but that's how i heard it i, I heard it was <laughs> word for word <laughs> and i i was in the best mood after you said that i hope you know that so i hope this continues and but... i needed to break up the bromance but it's fine continue <laughs> god i hope my fiance isn't listening um just gotta no but my uh i i think why i got so like emotionally charged with that is so this this whole situation we're talking about like when i was in middle school my best friend got a brain tumor had bad complications from a surgery trying to remove it and ended up dying as a result of it when he was 15 and you know he was 14 i was 15 years old and that that like i think second to losing a child losing your best friend at a, at a young age is probably i mean obviously brother sister whatever but like it's it's such a brutal experience 
and kind of this whole point like suffering is the one thing that's like guaranteed in this life if you don't have a frame of reference for faith like there's i mean a lot of the world is so relative and subjective now but everybody will suffer everyone will have pain and it's like how how do you manage that you know i think like we're talking about faith being a huge part of that and probably the only thing ultimately that's going to give you any kind of relief i think yeah i mean the biggest question that we always ask is why does god allow right he doesn't do bad things but why does he allow bad things because that is true right it's in our faith and we know that god allows bad things to happen um if i'm if on if everything is going right in my life and i'm listening to a podcast and i hear some theologian say well god allows bad things to happen because without the bad there's no compassion there's no hope which are amazing right amazing parts of our life and i'm nodding along in my car when i hear that why because things are going okay in my life at that time if not okay great but if i if if i'm in a bad state of mind and i hear that it's going in one ear and out the other so to, to my point, I think having this trust, having this foundation of trust, sooner than later, I think we all need to establish that for when we do come across these difficult times to remember, to your point, Sean, what you said, it's like, listen, things we are guaranteed to suffer. It is going to happen. When that happens, who are you going to trust in? Yeah, That's it. Yeah. Who are you going to trust in when the bad things happen? And... You know, if, if you're a listener and, and you're in that you're in that state right now, you know, my words may be coming in in one ear and out the other, but you gotta trust in Jesus and trust in God. However, if things are going okay in your life, man, you gotta start you gotta start creating that. We we all have to start creating that foundation now of things are going well, I trust in you. When things aren't going bad, uh, when things aren't going well, I trust in you also, right? I mean, it, it's just something that I think we all need to do and something we need to wrap our, our minds around. But again, very uh, much easier said than, than done. Well, so Brendan got into it and, uh, you know, like you can feed in or, or comment on it. Like you talked about your own parents and how they started to lose faith but they like recoiled back to church at their most desperate moment when you when they had no clue what to do with you and your health right it's it's one of those things where when you are desperate sometimes it's almost easier to turn to god then because you realize like nothing in this like rationalistic world is creating a, a cure for my suffering so i need to you know attempt to try to communicate with something outside of this world, you know? Um, I I don't know. Like, so obviously your parents were able to like get through that and, and you were able to heal and everything like your family life from there. It sounded like kind of recovered from a faith perspective to a huge degree. Right. Yeah. Well, I think what you just said is spot on about the, the comfortableness of the higher being that's not in this, you know, rational world where everything is going sour, right? So that's why there's that turning to that because you can't rationalize what's going on. You can't rationalize why your child is sick. The doctors who are supposed to be the professionals are not giving you an answer of what's happening. They're diagnosing it with fever of uncommon, just, you know, whatever, right? It makes no sense, right? Mm -hmm. They're making, you know, so 
with that being said, my parents had that revelation of like, that's where I feel most comfortable to go to because currently in this physical world right now, I don't have anything to turn to that I feel like I can trust, right? So they go to church, they have this experience with God and it's that aha moment that like, you know what, when I'm at the lowest of the low, God will put me back up again, right? And he's got that plan for me that I need to trust. And then, and then like Loren said, I think it's a matter of and this kind of feeds into Jerry's episode a couple a couple weeks ago or a couple episodes ago with she was talking about the valleys and and the peaks as far as faith goes. It's like, okay, in the valley, I'm gonna turn to God because I have nowhere else to turn. When I'm at the peak and I am like at the top of my world and everything's going well and family's good and career is good and you know relationships are all set, you know. Am I still turning to God at that point? Am I still giving thanks? You know, am I am I turning to God to seek help when I'm in valleys, but also turning to Him get to give thanks when um, when things are good? Like I think that is really the the sign of maturity and true trust at the end of the day. Yep. So I mean, we we talked about your parents before, and I think we said that your defining word may be trust uh, because of your experiences. Would you say that that I don't want you to speak for your parents, but I'm going to ask you to. Uh, like, would you think that your parents overwhelming because of their experience with you as a young child that that their parishioner profiles, if they were here, do you think trust would embody them, or or what would you what would you think? I think yes and no because I think that before that experience, my father was especially very faithful and um, had a calling, right? And I think that he always had that faith in him. My mom, not so much. And I think that that experience for sure for my mother was the revelation in her life that said, I really do need to have that trust. I think my dad always did. But I think because that was the first experience where things were that sour, um, his trust level just went down to zero, right? Um, But good for my dad to turn to the one constant in his life that he felt he could throughout his entire upbringing. Because going back a generation in my family, I don't know but you guys can speak to it with your family, similar, you know, upbringings and stuff, right? Like even the grandparents, right? Like even my parents' parents also had that same um, installation in the kids, right? So I think that, you know, he also always knew he could trust, but I think that um, between my mom and my dad, because my dad had that, that calling, that inner kind of connection toward God that my mom didn't, his process of going to church for that um, escape was a lot easier of a decision to make than my mom, who my mom was by herself, to be honest with you. I love her to death, but there's probably a strong chance she wouldn't have gone that route. You yeah. know what I mean? So, and it's, and I, I get it, you know, we've all been there. Like, you know, we've all had, I'm, you know, experiences where like, it's, it could be easy to get down to that lower level and lose trust in everything, you know? So, yeah. And I mean, this isn't a sixth episode revelation for me just yet, but there were, there were low times in, uh, in, in my life and my wife's life together where, you know, we, we had nowhere else to go, but, but the church. And, and again, that's, Again, thank God we had that foundation and how important that is. Uh, but I'm going to pose a question to both of you because I'm curious what your answers will be. Because <laughs> there needs to be a happy medium between no trust in God and literally just sitting on your couch saying, I trust in Jesus. And it's like, no, you need to get out to the store because you're starving right now and you haven't bought a, a grocery for yourself. Like, no, no, I trust Jesus to deliver food to my to my door. It's like... Okay, the ha- happy medium between trusting in Jesus to do everything for you and or trusting or not trusting in Jesus at all. So uh, so again, that was a very extreme example I gave. 
But somebody who is struggling say, no, I trust in Jesus, but they're not getting up and doing what they need to do. Like, where do you find that line? Where do you, like, like that? that's a very thin line, I, I think, where it's like, I need to trust in Jesus, but you need to do it for yourself too, Sean. So what would you say to that? <clears throat> I didn't even have to ask a real question there, but I think you got the gist of what I was saying. Yeah, so. I'm going to try to answer your non-question. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I mean, the first thing that came to mind, there's this oh, not that great Matthew McConaughey movie called Failure to Launch that came out like 15 years ago. It's very decent. Yeah. <laughs> like mediocre at best. I yeah, know yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's Just like, to get that out there. It's so okay. It's so okay. It's like, like Saturday <laughs> afternoon. I have nothing to do and this is on FX. I'm watching it. Yeah. Let's go. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but I'll probably switch to... You know, something at Wedding Crashers that's on the other channel. Well, Dark Knight was coming on next, so I'll watch that oh, one. Perfect, too. perfect. Um, I think that that movie came to mind because it's, like, when I think about a relationship with Christ and, and God in the triune God, right, of which Christ is obviously an integral part, um, I think of almost a parent and a child relationship sometimes, depending on, you know, the metaphor. But it's almost like when you have a parent that, I mean, I think growing up, we probably didn't have parents like this, but I think we all probably knew people with parents that took care of their kids, like did their every bidding, no questions asked, like everything for them. Like, um, and, and not that there's something wrong with all of any of this isolated, but I think altogether, if you're like, you know, doing your kid's laundry until he's 25 years old and you're you know, cooking for them until they're 25 years old every meal. And, and, you know, they don't even have to go out to shovel the driveway or they don't have to rake the leaves or, or whatever, you know, like just basic responsibilities that come along with it. It's like there's, if there's no instruction in how to live your life, then there's this failure to launch that takes place where they become totally dependent to the point where they don't do anything on their own. And then that is a toxic relationship at the end of the day. Um, and becomes a resentful one at some point. I think that a relationship with God is similar, not in the sense that God teaches us along the way to do things on our own purposefully, um, but through the through the, the beautiful magisterium of the church and through the um, most basic unit of society in the family, he allows us as as humanity to you know raise each other in faith and to be able to confront the issues and the, the, pro the serious, serious problems of life in the light of Christ's love and mercy. And unfortunately, that isn't done with everybody. And like you said, you know, the, the example of somebody demanding groceries at the door from Christ is probably just obviously, you know, it's an extreme example that isn't real. Christ is not Instacart. But um, like, if you're saying like, my my child has a tumor and i need christ to fix this right now it's like okay we hope for a miracle but we can't necessarily expect it you know um oh like this traffic is horrible and i need to get this parking spot so i'm not late for this meeting god like please let me find a spot right away it's like if you do that's amazing and maybe by some way christ intervened but you can't expect that it's one of those things but at the same time, you like I think a mature Christian understanding is like there are ways that Christ is operating in my life that I'm not aware of and that he's never going to give me what I don't need. He's not always going to give me what I want, but he is always going to give me what I need. So I'm going to rephrase the question uh, to you, Brendan, in 
as simple way as I can, is it okay for us to worry? Just, just in general, like like day-to-day stuff or big stuff, but is it all right for us to worry? Because we're saying this phrase, always trust in God, always trust in God. Is it is it sacrilegious to worry? Because we're supposed to be trusting God. So is it okay to worry? So of course, like nothing, like Sean was saying too, like I like that actually the parent relationship with the child is a really good analogy um, because of course it's okay to worry and we're all going to be worrying in our life. Like I, I view it as like, this kind of goes back to like, I think the importance of education, of understanding like the foundation of the church about bringing up your point about the person like sitting at home, like, you know, not getting groceries for themselves, right? There's commandments, right? We all are taught about the different sacraments and stuff, right? And I think that there's this relationship with God where it is never going to be a one-way street. It's always a two-way street. You and Jesus together, you guys, the two of us together are going through our lives, right, with a direction, right, that... You know, and there, through that direction, through that path, there's going to be worry. There's going to be suffering. But you are given a helping hand in Christ to go through these life trials. And I think that, you know, the whole sitting back and not doing anything, like, I know I'm there, of course, there's people like that. And that's an argument everybody brings up, I feel like. And especially now, I feel like in the world of social media and stuff where it's like, uh, it almost, I hate to say, feels like godless, right? That's like the the agenda that seems like has to go into place, but like, it's not like you sitting and not doing anything, you know, that's, God's not going to come in and take your hand and throw you out and say, here's your job, right? Like I, what I'm trying to get to communicate is that it is going to be a two way street. And I think that if we can realize that, whether that's realized early on, whether that's through life trials, then we're going to get to where we need to be. And I think God's plan for us is going to be more understanding to us and more, you know, realistic. That yeah, makes sense. I, I think um, like what comes to mind is the the Benedictine order. Its motto is ora et labora in Latin, which is pray and work. And um, a lot of people, you know, think about like, oh, like if I just pray, then God will give me what I want. It's like, well, God created us to not only be faithful to him, but to excel in our humanity and to utilize the gifts that he gave us. And if we are able to do that, he's going to bless us in what we're pursuing as long as it's something that's good um, and hopefully something that he intends for us. So, yeah, like 100% to your point, like we can't we can't just sit back. We Like there is an initiative on our end that needs to take place to discern what God wants for us and to pursue that wholeheartedly. And um, like St. Saint, Saint Catherine of Siena, I believe it was. Or maybe it was actually St. Teresa of Avila. It was one of those two. I'm terrible. Episode but... six, six <laughs> bourbons deep. It's all That's, good. So, but it's, but it's, a, episode, it's an incredible quote, whichever amazing saint said it, is, um, you know, be who God made you to be and you'll set the world on fire. Yeah. So like, I don't feel comfortable even like when I'm at mass, if I'm praying, like I, if I reflect on my week, if I don't feel like I gave it my all to what I was doing, I would feel like I'm missing something, right? That makes sense. Oh. So. You gotta have kids, man. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> you know, but like, I, I guess as I good fair point, of course, that not for a while, listeners. That's not gonna happen to me for a while. Sean and I have a while to go. Yeah. Anyway, um, but um, no, but I mean, I just think in the sense of like, 
giving my all in things that I feel like I are in my control, right? So like, I'm not going to go into to a conversation with God and say, you know, like in my career as a financial advisor, if I didn't put the effort in, I'm not going to sit there and just expect things to come into my lap, right? There's that effort. You were given a gift by God of certain um, talents and qualities that make you good at what you do, right? Same thing with a musician. Like if I didn't practice and I just sat there and expected my magic hands to play the piano, that would be incredible, right? But that's just not reality, right? So like I think that, you know, there's just... There's, at, at some point for all of us, there has to be that realization of understanding about that effort that has to be put in there um, because it can't just be that it just falls on your lap. It's just not, that's not life. I, I, and the reason why I pose that question to you, and I love both of your answers because it makes me feel better as just a parishioner, hashtag, right? Um, but like the, the reason why is because I struggle with that personally all the time, whether it be about my kids whether it be about money, whether it be about little things in life, the political landscape, our country itself, either side of the aisle, you, you, have, you have reasons to worry. And then I start to worry. And then when I do, I, I take a step back and I'm like, I'm sorry. Like I, I, I look to God and I'm like, I'm so sorry for worrying. But, but that's why I ask, is it okay to worry? Because I struggle with that so much. Like, if I'm worrying, and this is my mindset, if I'm worrying, that means that I don't have trust that everything's going to be okay. And if I don't trust that everything's going to be okay, then I'm not trusting that God's going to do the right thing, at least for me, my family, my country, you name it. So that's something that I struggle with, I feel like, on a daily basis. What would I would say to that? If, I was, if somebody, like... If somebody asked me, how do I handle worrying or is it okay to worry? Is I'm asking this, you right now. To worry? I'm asking you right now. This is the question you should ask initially for me. Um, I would say, look to the saints and particularly the Holy Family. Um, so like, first of all, we have St. Joseph, right? Who upon hearing that Mary was pregnant. Mary went and told Joseph that she was pregnant. And we're told that Joseph is a righteous man, a just man, and a faithful man, right? Um, he is a, a good Jewish man who knows his scripture. And the first thing he did when he heard that was worry and plan to quietly divorce Mary so so he didn't, wouldn't embarrass her. But here is Joseph who, you know, uh, as far as we know, loved Mary and was looking forward to marrying her. And then she shows up and says, I'm pregnant, but it's a sign from God. The first thing he does is say, like, holy crap, like my betrothed woman is pregnant. That means she slept with another guy and I need to handle the situation. Right. And his first thought wasn't, oh, how is God acting through this? It was, what do I need to do to handle the situation? And then beyond that, we have Mary herself, who when the angel appeared to her and said, the, the Lord is with you. The Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will birth the savior of the world and of humanity. The first thing she did was worry. And she was scared of the angel. And she questioned it. And she was concerned with all of the rational human things that we're all concerned about when these things come up. But ultimately, what they both did was put their full trust in the Lord. And I mean, that's why they're held up as the pinnacle for humanity, the pinnacle for masculinity and femininity is these are the people who offered themselves fully to God, regardless of how it was going to affect their lives. And, and that's, that's what we're all called to do.
No, that that's great because uh, it's not a narrative I'm putting out there. It's something I think about on a daily basis. Yeah. So it, it that's hey, I'm a good company, and I'm I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Sure. I mean, if you ever get to the point of not worrying because your faith is so radically converted to Christ, then we'll see you in heaven. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but also to that effect you need to have a full grasp on reality because there are plenty of things to worry about in this world. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, unless you guys had anything like, because this, this, we could talk about this topic of trust for a literally another hour. Um, but I, you know, what my takeaway is as the parishioner in this group, right? As I mean, we're all parishioners, but what I take away from this is, you know, we should be building this foundation of trust, but at the end of the day, we're human and we're, we're, you know, like I, like you said, the Holy Family was worrying about other things. We have plenty of things to worry about in our lives. But at the end of the day, as best as we can, we all I think we all need to take a step back and say, listen, I've done the best that I can. I mean, you said it perfectly, Brendan. Like, you know, you're blessed with these talents. You did the best that you could. All right. That's all you can do. You know, so we need to take a step back at times and, and say, hey, listen, I did the best that I could. It's in your hands now, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I think that it's that realization of, you know, not everything is going to be perfect. Um, a very cliche thing to say, um, you know, I think, but tying it back to our faith, I mean, it's all part of that plan and that trust that we need to have in God. We're going to go through, I, I keep saying the word trials. It's just, that's how it, it feels. Like we, we all have different points in our lives, three of us right now, we all have different you know, goals and things that, you know, are happening and like, you know, the trials and the, the suffering, it all just makes us just better people. And if we keep God with us throughout that entire journey, we're just going to be better. And our journey to heaven is going to be a lot more realistic. And I just think that's how you got to live your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, to the listeners, thank you so much for joining us for this, uh, for this episode. Uh, Brendan, once again, thank you for joining us on this episode. Thank you for your parishioner profile last week. Once again, uh, if you listened all the way through this episode, but you want to listen to Brendan's parishioner profile, go back to episode five. Um, once again, don't forget to connect with us on Instagram at just a parishioner. Uh, we're going to be posting questions every week on our story check in for that question there uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts and spotify and give us a five-star rating on apple and finally if you have somebody that you know or you think you'd be great for a personal profile send it a sub- send in a submission um, again to the social media pages that we have or you can email us at wearepersoners at gmail.com can't wait to see you guys next time keep praying for us please we are praying for you Carrying up my